0: Stand with me, please. Lord, bless the word of God today. Bless your servant. Pray for guidance, pray for insight, pray for your wisdom. We thank you for allowing us to be here and for the devotion. As we hear the word of God, keep our hearts and minds open and alert. And as we come to the close of the book of Ecclesiastes, as we are nearing the end, we thank you for the time that we've been able to share. Now, we continue to pray for guidance and direction as we Look to the next teaching. Bless our ministers and pastors and those who bring the word of God and teach it. The assistance that they give. All of the help in the body of Christ. Those at work in various capacities. We honor your name today. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 1 through 7. Sister Michelle has it on the board for, we'll have it on the board for you. Alright, this is how it reads. I'll be reading from the ESV. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the Strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few. Those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high and tares are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. As a title for this message, please write down, Wild living, W-I-L-D, as a youth may mean painful living in old age. Wild living as a youth may mean painful living in old. On Thursday of this week, a few days ago, my wife and my daughter went on a walk. They have been going on walks on Fridays uh, for some time. Daughter's schedule allows her to, is arranged in such a way to where they have been walking on Fridays, and Fridays used to be my wife's and my walk. My daughter has confiscated that day from me, just taking it now. We weren't always as consistent. Our time has been Mondays, but they've been walking on a regular basis on Friday and get a chance to have some mother-daughter time and talk about things and just various things. This this past week, Shirelle's schedule was changed, and so she called her mom and said, can we walk on Thursday? I says, okay. Well, Thursday comes, and Sherelle, they're supposed to start at 11.30, and my daughter calls and says, you know, I'm still running late, I'm at the laundromat. can we make it 12.30, can we come, can, can we walk later, I says, okay, so about 12.30 Sherelle shows up, so they leave the house and they are walking past the high school, we live right by Rancho Cotati, about maybe half a mile or so, And they realized that they were going, and it was lunchtime for the students. Oh, it's lunchtime. They were trying to decide initially kind of which way they were going to go and thought about going down this path. But there was a truck there, and so they (coughs) walked, and they noticed there was a a young lady with a little girl outside of a car, the car that's parked right on the parallels, um, Snyder right by the high school, in fact, red zone. So my daughter asked, is everything okay? And the young mother said, no. So they immediately went to her, and she explained that her daughter had a piece of candy lodged in her throat. So my wife immediately took over as a nurse in her profession, and she started forcefully hitting the back of the little two-year-old's back while she was bent over. After maybe 10 or 11 blows, the candy popped, came out. God is incredible when you look at his timing, that He allowed her, who had the training, to be there at that time to save that little girl's life. They don't walk on Thursdays. They don't even go at that time. To be there, and then for them to even stop when they were trying to decide which way, and for them to be right there. We don't know why God takes some allows others to live. But her nursing kicked in. She, without even thinking about it, had moved the mother's side and took over. And the interesting thing is how incredible God makes the body, that the saliva begins to form around the foreign object. And she said that that spittle, that formation was so tenacious as they it came out, it was so thick around that candy. As it tries to push the candy up or whatever the object is, at the right place, at the right time, no one could do that but God to be at that place. Don't take what God orchestrates in your life for granted. I know this is difficult, is Don't take what God does for granted. We live in a world today where we have events and things happen that we sometimes don't even think about. And many people who don't know the Lord say that was luck. But we know for those that are believers and we see events take place, we say that was no one but the Lord. When Mel told me what happened, and I said to her that on Thursday, you all don't even walk. She had forgotten all about that day. She said, I never even thought about that. That we don't even walk on Thursdays. I shared that to encourage you, and look at how incredible God is. Some he takes, some he lets go. But we know with children that they go to be in the presence of the Almighty God. Don't forget the Creator. The days of your youth. The enemy has been quite successful in having people believe that being a youth is so special that selfishness should be the goal of our ultimate pursuits. Youth and young people, we can be selfish. That is what young people often are. I know I was. I know you were too. Selfish. Time is place for the youth. They often look at time far in the distance that there's nothing to be concerned with right now. But the Lord says remember your creator in the days of your youth. You've People or young people and youth often speak of being bored when the appeal to their senses is not running at maximum flow. I'm bored. As the wise saying of my mother-in-law, Sister Betty Warren, said, being bored means you're boring. (laughs) Wise counsel. If you are always relying on someone else to make you feel exalted, or excited, and you say you are bored, then you must look at your own self for why you are bored. Plenty of things to do. Get a book. Go on a walk. Go on a run. Go look at people walking by. Do something. It is not someone else's job to make you feel excited. That not only goes for youth, it goes for all of us. Solomon deals with death and the end of life. I have seen young people neglect God and get old and continue to neglect God. Young people who have said that one day they would come to God now grown old in their bodies, hardly able to move and still don't go after God or remember. The refusal to remember and honor God in their youth as the creator before the evil days come has now been seen in their inability to remember God because they never did. To try to get people now set in their ways to honor God is most difficult because they don't know who God is. And there is no remembrance of Him. Try to remember something you've never learned. That would be a quite difficult task. Try to remember someone you've never known. That would be most difficult. It behooves us to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. For the evil days come. We've been talking about those days as evil, as those days that are painful, those days hard to understand, those days that sometimes we can't comprehend. Solomon looks towards the end of life. As he has surveyed, he says, remember. This is a continuation of verse chapter 11 that we read dealing with youth. Chapter 12 says, also remember your creator. The Hebrew word creator actually is plural in the Hebrew here. Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man. It is talking about more than one person. The Godhead that formed you, made you, you are to remember. Solomon gives a number of metaphors, and I'm going to tell you this right now. The commentators and the different ones, they are all, they, they, they understand this in different ways. Some say metaphors, take literally. Some say it is quite different. When Solomon says that you are to remember, also your creators in the days of your youth. He had given the caution that youth, you should enjoy life as a youth, but if you are living wild, then know there are going to be consequences later on when he says earlier on that, but know this, God will bring all of these things into judgment. There are sometimes when we get old, we look back in life and say, I wish I had done something different. I wish I had not done that earlier in my life because now I am paying a price. And you can go to the exact day, you can go to the exact time, you can go to the night, you can go to people who might even have been there. You remember. What happens is I wish, or the times when you were, and now today we say, oh, if I had not done that. Or you say, if I had all the money I spent back then, if I could just go back and get the money that I blew on this various stuff, oh, Life would be, qu- I'd be, they, some of y'all say, I'd be set for life. <laughs> we reminisce about those old days, and about how we blew it and wish we had it back. It is hard to make up and money and other things for things we've done way back then. I tell young people now, when you get a job, put something aside. I wish I had now what I know now back then just a little bit aside, you'd be surprised how it adds up. Discipline now means future blessings. Remember also you're creating the days of your youth before the evil days come. Death seems to be the meaning of the word evil days. Solomon has been translating evil, as I said, that which is painful, that which is distressing, that which is hard to comprehend. Before the evil days, not just in the sense of that which is wrong, but before death begins to move towards you. As we said, we've been faced with death recently in this church where three of our members have passed and they've now gone on. To their reward, and today I, I I yesterday, as I think about yesterday and think about just the service, it was such a a blessing to hear the different things. And boy, I tell you, it's just funny. Don't get Kevin Douglas and Rhonda Douglas together, brother and sister. Just simply funny. That's the longest I think I heard anyone laugh at a funeral. That laugh went on and on. It was funny. What Rhonda was saying in Kevin's actions, my goodness, just funny. You don't think oftentimes of having fun or laughter at funerals. You think of mourning, but for those who've had a history and then those who have relationship with the Lord and have family and people that they can associate with, they can remember the times of, of even things that they used to do that they shouldn't have and how people tell the stories. It brings laughter. But Solomon is moving and dealing with death. And when he, talks about, when he talks about youth remembering, it is something that the Lord told even the children of Israel, that he said, tell your children how I brought you out. It speaks of the eagle. When we talk about the eagle, how that eagle is a majestic bird. In the summer, I was working with a student over in San Anselmo, and I saw some people. They had a special event that day and happened to go there after, after, after I had come back through Bolinas. And I saw some people looking up in the sky, and I kept seeing them. And so I finally finally went out, and they said, I said, what are you guys looking at? We think we saw a bald eagle. I went, what? I love the bird shows. Back in the day, everything was a red-tailed hawk for me. I said, hawk, that's red-tailed hawk. I could see I knew. <laughs> but they were saying it's now it came down low, but it's way up there. And as I looked, it was way up in the sky, it flies higher than any other bird. And it was so majestic. And I just sat there and saw this little dot, this bird, thinking, Wow! When the Lord speaks of bringing us out, it speaks of the eagle, the majestic bird, is when the young would fall on its mother's back as it would be pushed out of the nest and would be carried back up. It speaks of the fact that when a bird would be rescued, it had to rely upon its mother. That eagle has to learn how to fly, the eaglet. And the only way that it gets to the, the place where it can fly is that it has to be pushed out of the nest. And so the eagle builds its nest high up on the cliffs, away from danger, but at the same time, when it's time for that bird to fly, the parents remove some of those feathers and some of those thorns that are underneath began to prick that bird. And when that bird is time for it to fly, it will be pushed out of the nest and has to rely upon that father who often pushes That mother and comes underneath that bird that's falling and flapping underneath and catches that bird on its wings or on its back and lifts it up again right back to the same place. Tell your children what I did for you when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. How I brought you out on eagles' wings. Remind them so that they can remind their children how I blessed you. What I did for you. How I destroyed your enemies. So that when you get to the place and you get near death, you can have remembered your Creator. And remember what he did. And you can reflect back on the good things of the Lord. Rather than having to reflect back, oh, woe is me. I wish I hadn't have done that. Remember your creator. Because death is present. I have no pleasure in them. He says, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Let me, let me give you just what some of the commentators think. Now some commentators are saying that when it speaks of these metaphors that it's giving, it is speaking of the body and the body parts. So when it speaks of this matter of, in verse number 2... Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, it is speaking of the eyesight, some say. However, in the symbol, some say that, no, you should take it literally. But, but before the eyes began to, to grow dim, these are the events that began to happen when one is moving towards death. Clouds, eyes, one suggests talking about glaucoma possibly setting in. Another interpretation regarding clouds is that in your youth, you are able to get through things more easily, but in old age, there are these things that used to be easy are now major problems. However, it seems best to say that the person really no longer sees well according to one individual. Or one doesn't take pleasure in the fact that One used to see the sun and there was a sunrise and could enjoy the moon and see these things. And yet now those things are no longer bringing about the joys that they at one point used to bring. Or they used to bring about the the joy and the peace and being able to see these things. For the clouds come back. Oftentimes after a storm or rain... One looks forward to the sun shining through again. But in old age here, he is saying, once the rain clouds have ended, again we see that clouds once again come. There's no more looking towards sunny days. Everything is moving towards death. So when one would think that, oh, I can't wait for the clouds to clear, once again, after rain, you again have clouds. What happens in life? When a person gets near death and has to prepare to go to the place of the grave, how do you conduct yourself? Do you say, Lord, I'm about to come home? Or do you slam on the brakes and say, Lord, I am not ready. I've got too many things to do. Isn't it interesting? I've been inviting some, some people that are that are getting older in years to church. I say, there. are Four churches. Go to any church you want. Go to go to a church. Amen. We'd love for you to come here, but go to a church that preaches the word of God. I have some individuals tell me, Pastor Marcus, I'm coming. Thinking, man, they're not getting around very well now. And I've heard this over the years. But now what happens is that as one has not remembered God, there are things that begins to happen with the body that no longer allow you to be able to serve Him. In a way that you could have when you were younger. Because why? The body is shutting down. So when people say, I'm going to come to the Lord in my old age. It fails to take into account that you will even be in your right mind. You will be able to enjoy the presence of God. Be able to bring people in. Your mind won't be there. And I see it today because many people are still giving the same lie. Or turning the deaf ear. One has to be careful not to forget the creator in the days of their youth. Verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble. And the strong men are bent. And the grinders cease. Because they are few. And those who look through the windows are dim. For some, they suggest symbolically, the keeper of the house are said to be the hands. Who began to tremble in old age. However, others say that when you take it literally, it speaks about literally, you One you consider, those that were keepers, literally, of the house where a person lived. The strong men, the major muscle group, some suggest, metaphorically, when one would think of the back and the legs, those things that one depended on, they are no longer working in the same way. The grinders, now there are two, two, two interpretations that are most common. Some think of the teeth. They ain't got many teeth now. Grinders. Few. And in between, grinders. Not able to chew it. But others say that maybe it's referring to the women that used to grind at the meal, and they are few now because of old age. They are no longer there. Those who look through the windows, speak of the eyes, growing dim. We know that in our life, oftentimes these things happen to us. As we get older, there are natural things that just takes place with our bodies. Our eyesight is often not the same. Our hearing is not the same. We don't move as fast. I find myself having to stretch more. When I go on a walk, that last mile, I don't, I'm don't. i not walking as fast as I started. I may be running across the street on some of them. By the time I get to that last mile before getting home, ooh, how soon can I get there? I'll be glad when I'm home. That last mile is no longer being walked at about 3.6, 3.7, 3.8. It might be down to a 3.2 or 2.9 miles per hour. I'm just trying to get home. And Lord, help me if I gotta to stop too long at a stoplight. My bones and my muscles already starting to tighten up. Oh, gotta keep moving at the lights. Don't stop, just keep on moving. Come on, light. Some of y'all stuff at the stop at the stoplight wait now I got sometimes gotta keep moving. because why? Because I gotta start, oh Lord, have mercy. I have gotten home from walking and started my stretching. And fell asleep, stretching. Lord, behold, got my timer going. I look up, oh Lord, 30 minutes. And, and I'm not kidding. And the position is not in, I'm stuck. <laughs> Lord, help me, I'm stuck. I was stretching, now I can't move. <laughs> fell asleep. help me Lord I'm getting older I'm not as young as I used to be I used to start off you know at a certain pace I keep that pace up almost all the way back I'm good Mm -mm, that ain't the case go walking one day I now need about two or three days to recuperate (laughs) verse 4 and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters are of song are brought low. The shutting of the door, some suggest, are the, the ears, one becoming maybe deaf. Deafness is one interpretation. One speaks of also the grinding, speaks of possibly no longer being able to hear singing as it fades away. Yet, kind of in a paradox, the bird sings, one is able to hear a bird early in the morning. Oftentimes, older people wake up early. They don't oftentimes sleep at, at night or sleep that late, that long. They don't need oftentimes as many hours. One commentator suggests that the closing of the door means that the lips are closed. But the most common belief is the ears are in view when it speaks of the, of the bird, of the door's. But there's another interpretation that one suggests that it may also refer to the doors that would open in the marketplace. That when the people that were living, the doors would open, that would allow them to be able to go into the marketplace, that those doors are now shut because they are near death. These are commentators are in various places. Verse five, we hurry up through here. They are also afraid of what is high, and tears are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along. Desire failed because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. There's now a fear of heights. Danger of the street talks about maybe the feebleness of the body. Blossom of the almond tree. Some suggest that it suggests that maybe the blossoming speaks of one's hair now turning white or gray. Another, if you look at it literally, that blossoming talks about things that are being blossomed out of season. As one moves and gets closer to death. When we think about the grasshopper, and we look at the fact that Solomon oftentimes would use hyperbole, but when you look at the grasshopper, oftentimes it's associated with death and destruction. We think about locusts oftentimes. As one's desire to get older is not the same as when it was younger. It's now a fear, things that one did not fear earlier in life. You notice that oftentimes as we go through these stages, it is interesting to remember that it started, Solomon says, with remembering thy creator in the days of thy youth. Before the evil days come, there's a time when the times of death is coming that it will have a fear. And and you want to remember what God has done in your life. Because why? One is moving towards the end. Verse 6, before the silver... Cord and after the golden bowl is broken, and the pitcher is shattered, at the fountain of the will broken. These oftentimes of, speak of things of water, things that draws water, deals with an unexpectedness of death. It is unclear what all these terms mean, but we know in verse 7 that it is a, that it is clearly a reference to death. The authors are not sure exactly what this means, but because seven comes right after, they say six and seven has to be a lead up to seven. It must deal with also death. But you think of pulley, you think of things that draws water, but the issue that these things now are broken, that which used to hold water, no longer does, broken. And then the body returns to dust and The spirit returns to the one who gave it. The body returns to dust. For out of dust you were made and to dust you are going to return. But the spirit that God puts in you one day will go to be either with him in glory or to be in his presence in judgment. Isn't it a wonderful thing that the Lord tells us, in Solomon, after all the things that he's been going through, says, "Remember, remember," because now is a time when those things that we used to rely upon and enjoy they no longer bring satisfaction. Because why? One is coming to the end of their life. Do you sometimes wish you could live forever? Some people say no. I used to. I used to want to live forever. As a kid, and then I saw all the stuff happen in the world. So, oh, Lord, God, help me. <laughs> yeah. But I want to let you know that, that living and death goes together. The fact of the matter is that you've got to prepare for death. But, oh, my God, if you can remember your creator, if you can remember the fact that it is God who gives life. And when the Lord is done, he's just going to simply call out. That part that he's put there. And the body that he's made is going to go back to the dust until the time he comes back to raise it. But our spirit goes to be with the Lord. You're not done when you leave this earth. You're just beginning. It's just this body that will no longer, until the Lord comes, house the spirit of the Almighty. It will go be with him. The body is going back to the grave or to the dust. It will be put in the ground. The bugs will come and get it. But one day, God's going to call all the bugs, give up what you have eaten. That's just incredible. But if you remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, you will have something to be able to reflect back on and say, Lord God, thank you. I can still honor the Lord. One final thing. I I love what God has done with some of the old saints. Brother the sometimes sitting over there, sometimes was losing his mind, but he, thank you, Jesus. He remembered God. Tank God. Now think tank. Tank God. That's a Creole accent. Tank God. Dad, be preaching, right? Pat, Pastor Small? Right in the middle of Yeah, 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 Dad. Tank Moments of clarity. And it's finally fascinating to see what God will do when people are about to go. They oftentimes will have an an experience or just a glow. There's something that God sometimes does for people. Stand to your feet. Remember your creator. Because things begin to happen when the eyes grow dim. The clouds will come. But if, if we remember our creator. Lord, we thank you today that we have such a wonderful word from Solomon. And remembering the word of God, our creator, the meaning of life, what we do, what we go through, that there is a command that we are to remember the creator, and that is the Godhead, the one who formed us, God, consulted with the Godhead. Let us make man in our image in our likeness. And we thank you today that you planned it from the beginning. Have your divine way in this place, in our lives. May we remember that we have a destiny. We have have a destiny. (laughs) We have a place where we're going. And oh my God, may it be directed and may it be guided by you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you. (laughs)